This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. It is indeed. Welcome into the program along with Arrowhead Pride's Pete Sweeney, Julio Sanchez on the buttons. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and top billing today goes to Coach Barber. That's right. Coach Barber, you're about to be an intern at Chiefs training camp. That's pretty cool. Man, it's officially called the Bill Walsh Fellowship Program for inspiring coaches to be the next Hall of Fame coaches. <laughs> that sounds awful important. Yeah, I, I added some extra stuff in there. It sounds a little high and mighty, does it not, Pete? You know what you got to do, Sean, is every night when you get back to your dorm, wire us all the secrets. Do you really stay in a dorm? Yeah, I think we're staying in either dorm hotel. I mean, I, I did this coaching internship back in Philadelphia in 2010. I like here it's like dorm or hotel. Isn't that a huge difference? I mean, not for me, man. Isn't I like get, a Motel 6 or it, a it's a, Intercontinental? It's, a, it's definitely a college dorm. With the coaches, I mean, you, you're only in your dorm or hotel room for about four hours a night anyway because the staff meetings last until midnight. You got to be up at 4 or 5.30 to do, uh, you know, bed check, breakfast check, all that kind of stuff. So you only need to sleep, so it really don't matter. This is the last we're going to see Barber for a month. Put some respect on that name. That's Coach Barber you're talking about. That's right. Put some respect on Put some spec on that name. Looking forward to you coming back and giving us all of the stories and happenings from training camp. Because, Pete, it, we're finally, it, instead of having to make stuff up and come up with new angles and everything, we are finally <laughs> on the cusp of actually having football news. Hallelujah. I, I mean, these past five weeks, this is the worst part of the NFL season. You are literally coming up with different angles that you could – figure out for the season it's rare you get any new news and finally on sunday the players will arrive andy reed will probably be giving us some injury updates we'll get to hear from patty mahomes and we'll have some new news and then monday tuesday wednesday quarterbacks and rookies will be on the field and then thursday wide open to the public 3 30 p.m st joseph missouri Football season will be here. But you don't have to wait that long to hear from your quarterback. We will hear from Patrick Mahomes coming up here in just a few minutes. I don't know what he says, but I'm curious, Barber, what do you want to hear from Patrick Mahomes, a guy that rookie, second year, however you want to quantify it? And also, what do you want to hear from your head coach considering that you've won the division the last couple of years? You've been a playoff team, what, four out of the five years that you've been here. You've been wildly consistent, yet everybody believes that you still have to take the next step here in Kansas City. Um, I mean, I, I've liked what I've heard from Pat Mahomes over the last few weeks, um, preparing in the offseason, getting together with wide receivers, creating 707-type environments at random fields just to work on time and um, n- no ego, no I, no self, all about we, all about the team, ways to get better, let's continue to improve, like the, the film work study. Um, everything I'm hearing from him sounds like a guy who's been there, done that, and that's what I want to hear from a young guy um, about to take over uh, the Lamborghini of offenses when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I like that comparison. And I'll, I will say this. You make a good point when it comes to Mahomes. If you listen to him and even if you, yeah, he has his fun. Again, he was at the NASCAR in the jorts, but he really doesn't feel like a 22-year-old when you hear him talk and, and you so, sort of see him and, You know, he has had no problems off the field. Like, you've kind of heard some rumblings of Kareem Hunt, who's similar age, and he's had some problems. You know, Mahomes kind of keeps to himself. He does go to these sporting events, but that's kind of what you want to see for a guy taking the reins of, really, the city. Like, it's not only the football team. This city is a Chiefs 
city. So you're taking the reins of the city and you're putting that in the hands of a 22-year-old and it's good that he's mature. The Royals are making it much more of a chief city. I mean, <laughs> course, they're, they're yeah. definitely doing their part for that. When it comes to Pat, you point out that off the field, at least so far, he's been a choir boy. Now we're talking about a guy that's one year removed from college. It's finally going to get a start. And with talk about a spotlight. It's not just us locally. A lot of people nationally have their eyes on this guy because if we're calling a spade a spade, Travis Kelsey hasn't really got into any trouble off the field, but on the field, the dude's been a malcontent. He was a little bit better last year, but we all know the personal fouls, and you just want to kind of shake him. And you think about Tyree Kill off the field, Kareem Hunt off the field. It's really nice to not, at least right now, have to talk about anything except for positive with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I think you make a good point when you bring up Travis Kelsey because he is 22. And so if this team gets in an offensive funk early on, you got to turn to the elder statesman in the offensive room, and that is Travis Kelsey, the wild, dancing Travis Kelsey, who's now a 29- or 30-year-old. He's your elder statesman. And there might be times in that locker room where, yes, Travis Kelsey may need to stand up and say, hey, we need to get it together. I think without Alex Smith, I think without Derek Johnson, that you could call those guys with that. Eric Berry's the leader of this football team, right? We'd all agree with that. But the next leaders on the offensive side have been the last couple of years, Alex Smith on that side of the ball, Derek Johnson on the defensive side. Those guys are gone. So, Barber, I think that Travis Kelsey, not just on the field, but off the field and in the locker room, this is his time. A lot of people think that this could and should be his career year. Why not? He's got Patrick Mahomes. He's got the weapons around him. Usually four, year four, year five for a tight end is their prime. But I'm more concerned with what this guy says vocally and how he is off the field because he's become the true leader of this football team. Well, what we see about him is, uh, you know, he, he spent some little time at the ESPYs. Um, he's doing his, you know, rounds when it comes to, um, you know, a little bit of Hollywood, a little bit of, you know, this and that. But, you know, he's got he's got all that extra stuff out of his system. He was, he had his dating game show. He, you know, he was a little bit loud and doing the personal fouls every other game first couple seasons. He was better last year, though. And yeah, now he cleaned I, it up a little bit. He, he's now into a groove. I, I think that I mean, I think you're going to see a whole different Travis. I think I think the the competitive nature is going to be so laser focused on continuing to get first down, first down touchdowns that it's not going to be much room for all that other stuff. Um, and I think it's just a, a way of it's kind of the evolution of a Pro Bowl, All Pro, soon to be Hall of Fame type tight end. And he knows it, Pete. And another, there's another guy too in the locker room that you a lot of times you forget because he doesn't get a lot of burn on offense and. It's someone we're going to be paying attention to on Sunday in the 29-year-old Anthony Sherman. He's been around the league, and he'll get in your face if you're not working hard. Sausage say what? <laughs> and one of the cooler parts of training camp is he always shows up in some kind of outfit. And I know, Barber, you, you're, you're wondering what Anthony Sherman is going to be uh, showing up in uh, to St. Joseph on Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I got some choices. I'm gonna put them, I think I tried to put them online earlier. Uh, one is a Chiefs sport blazer with maybe a bow tie. I was thinking maybe some uh, um, tiger print, um, you know, overalls or suspenders. And then the last one was like a, a theme shirt, maybe from like a movie like Sandlot. We've seen him wear a wig. He's had a mullet before. He's had jean overalls, some jean romper looking things. I wonder if he goes all out this year, maybe some kind of like United. He loves the United States, so like United States Speedo. Hold on. Dudes wear rompers? <laughs> I seriously thought that Believe was just a not, female thing. That is that is a thing. They call them male rompers now. Barbara, like don't it you would on the tug. weekends? It would, do, it would do too much tugging. I'm not interested in the romper. Barbara, don't you, you're on the weekends. You wear, wear you a romper to mow the lawn? No, I'm a birthday suit type guy. <laughs> 
And 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 that and that I can't blame you for. That's Sean Barber, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, Arrowhead Prides, Pete Sweeney, Julio Sanchez on the buttons. A couple minutes, we'll hear from quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who basically it's the last time that he will speak before training camp. Coach Barber will be heading out there tomorrow. I say he shows up in flip-flops, cheetah print shorts. And when I say shorts, I mean like real, real short shorts, maybe even like umbro short shorts. Tank top and one of those hats that Barber wears. What do you call those? A bucket hat? <laughs> Fisher, yeah, fisherman. And some old hat, yeah. and, and some old school Oakleys. The old school ones. I, I like your ensemble. I, I'm gonna go ahead and guess some kind of United States like muscle shirt that shows all your arms. True. And an American flag. I bear, forgot that. Bear midriff and then Ew. the short jorts. <laughs> And then, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of footwear goes with that. If outfit. we haven't grossed you out, I'll tell you this much. I don't know what he's going to wear. I'm pretty sure that he's not going to carry the football too much this season. He's going to get his customary half carry per game. My question is this. Who is going to carry the football? Because I know it's going to be Kareem Hunt. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Last year, he led the league in rushing yards, 1,300-plus, out of the backfield. Nobody talks about this. All he did was have 450 yards and an additional three touchdowns. I think that a healthy Spencer Ware is one of the best things that nobody's talking about heading into this season to spell carries for a guy like Kareem Hunt. There's a bunch of guys named Williams. Sharkandrick West <laughs> is still on the roster. And then, Pete, you tell me that they worked out another running back today. That's right. They, You know, you never have enough running backs. Never have enough Williams, that's for sure. I tweeted. Mama told me that a long time ago. <laughs> I, t- I tweeted out on my Twitter. I said, you know, it's cooler than a million running backs. It's a billion running backs. And they worked out another one. Today, Grand Valley State, that's Division Two, uh, a running back named Marty Carter, and he wasn't taken in the supplemental draft, had a really good 2016 season, finished Offensive Player of the Year in Division Two, And it's not so much that they may sign this kid, but more so what does that say about the roster? Barber, in a few days, you'll know exactly what's going on with the roster. You won't be able to tell us, but I wonder whether or not Spencer Ware or Damian Williams is ready because you're not going to want to split reps among seven running backs. So I wonder if Spencer Ware will start camp on the PUP. I would lean towards probably. Yeah, you've always, you know, you kept a um, – one thing that's always like the golden rule, you never had enough running backs and you never have enough cornerbacks. This league is it's, it's always deprived of a healthy running back. They get beat up all the time. And then cornerbacks kind of, you know, they, they go up and down. They're on that island – if they're, if they're feeling their, you know, feeling their, their, their oats, they're playing well, but sometimes they go into a funk. You got to replace them out and get another guy in there. So through training camp, um, you know, you got to really kind of get that pecking order of um, who's going to be your premier running back, who's going to be your premier secondary guys, and then kind of go from there. And you're, you you understand why they do it, because last year you almost ran out of running backs. No one was predicting the Spencer Ware thing. You ended up with two out of training camp. So you, they didn't really want that to happen again, and now it definitely won't happen again pending – Complete disaster. <laughs> that's the league, though. To be Where honest, six or seven guys go down. To be honest with you, though, that's the league, man. Because think about the vice versa. If Kansas City would have gone into last season with Spencer Ware as their feature back and some third round rookie running back named Kareem Hunt, maybe would have gotten fifty carries. Sometimes Barber and you can talk about this injuries in the NFL oftentimes end up being a blessing in disguise. Never for the player. Never for the individual themselves because, obviously, they have to spend time on the ER. They can't make as much money. Sometimes it ends these guys' career. But when it comes to the team, man, think about the difference what the Chiefs would have been on offense last year if they did not have Kareem Hunt. Oh, definitely. We talk about injury, and we can just go back to the Super Bowl. You know, the, in the playoffs when when uh, um, Wentz went down at the end of the season. And exactly. Foles had to go in. I mean, or Bledsoe Breeze 10 years before that. Yeah. That, and now you think, about the, you think about the trade value of that extra person who steps in. 
a guy who you might have thought, you know, hey, we're going to have to get rid of him, find a way to let him go. Now he's invaluable. Being able to trade him, uh, stock is way up high. Uh, being able to, um, you know, kind of demand more more bang for your buck when it comes to this guy who's kind of came off the bench. Speaking of Bledsoe Brady, sometimes you've got that quarterback in waiting, and then sometimes you've got a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type situation where the incumbent has no interest at all in coaching the young guy. Earlier this week, Alex, I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes actually got a chance to speak about the influence that the former Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith had on him. Yeah, it was at the National Fantasy Football Convention. I think it's something that pays these athletes to go, and, and one of the things that Mahomes got to do was speak. And we actually haven't heard from Mahomes in quite a while because we are in the NFL dead period, and you're right, he did talk a lot about Alex Smith. And the major theme of things we learned from Mahomes this past week was he really benefited a lot from sitting a year. Alex Smith taught him a lot. We've talked about that a lot on this show. One of the things that's different is coming into this year, he already knows how to watch film as a pro as compared to college. Yeah, I mean, definitely the amount of film watched, uh, especially by the quarterback, is, is tremendous. It's something that I didn't uh, do as much in college. I mean, in college, you watch the team that you play, but and then you watch yourself and you think you're good. But when you're in the NFL, you watch the team that you play. You watch them. If you played them two or three years ago, you watch all this different stuff. And, I mean, it's, it's stuff where you have to spend that time in order to get that competitive advantage. Where's that from? The rotunda inside of the Capitol building? <laughs> it's That's some sort of echo. It was in Fort Worth, Texas, in what sounds like a cave. Indeed, it maybe was. Yeah, I've attended that before, that uh, fantasy uh, convention. I can't remember what, what year it was. but um, Did you pull on Ezekiel Elliott? Did you guys see what he did? You know, you know what? Like I said, I, I don't remember what year it was. I, thunk, I think that year, it was like Houston was supposed to be really good, and I ended up getting Andre Johnson, and I went, and got, I went all in on Houston. They ended up being a bust and cost me the whole season. So. Did you guys see what Ezekiel Elliott did at that fantasy thing? He wouldn't sign anything that didn't have his likeness on it, including cowboy stuff. So if you came to him with a helmet with a star on it, if it wasn't a picture of Ezekiel Elliott, he wasn't signing. How weird is that? It's a tool move. Biggest tool in the shed. Like, you, dude, you, you've already got money. They're, it'd be one thing if they came to you, Barbara, with a Washington Redskins jersey, and they're like, here, sign my Daryl Green jersey, Ezekiel Elliott. you got to sign the Cowboys stuff, right? What is the thought process Have you ever that? not signed? Have, has somebody ever requested an autograph, and you said no for whatever reason? Yeah, on body parts, on, like, kids. You know, they'll bring their new shirt or their new sneaker and raise it in front of you. Like, man, like, I'm not signing this. Your parents be all upset at me, so. You're kidding me. Oh, yeah, Somebody's man. come to you with Jordans, and you felt like your autograph would take the value down. Uh-huh. 100%. You know, it is true. Every time you sign something, your value of your signature goes down. It really does, if you think about it. Yeah, but still, it doesn't it surprise you that a guy like Barber at some point, like body parts, that actually happened? You signed body parts, Sean? I was 20 at one point. <laughs> Have you ever gotten a body part signed, Pete? Uh, not my body part. I don't think I've ever signed a body part either. I don't know. No one has asked me to sign a, a part of their body, believe it or not. If you don't mind, fire up that audio from the influence that, that Alex Smith had on Patrick Mahomes because there have been a lot of quarterbacks in the past, and I would even say most quarterbacks in the past that have been in this type of a situation. Man, Alex Smith had a career year. Alex Smith is a multiple-time pro bowler. Alex Smith is maybe the most under – well – he was the number one overall pick, so you can't really say underrated. But he's taken a lot of smack in his career. It would have been easy to say, I know I'm out the door. I'm not interested in teaching the next guy. But that's not the way that it was with Patrick Mahomes. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I learned a ton. Uh, Alex was an amazing guy. He, he really brought me into the quarterback room, accepted me, and, and did his thing. He had a great season as himself, but at the same time taught me things. Uh, and, uh just to see what it took to mentally prepare for the game and what, what you have to do in order to have success in the field was something that I value utilize going into this next season. 
which is no surprise because Alex was always the ultimate professional here in Kansas City. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, I'm excited. Sean's excited. Pete's excited. I'm sure you're excited, Kansas City. But Ken Swanson of Airhead Pride said there's only one person to blame for Mahomes' mania. Who is that? He'll tell us. Coming up next on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 610 Sports Radio. I guess that's why you don't put a mouthful of gummy bears in your mouth right before you speak on the radio. But they're just so damn good. That's a strong move coming in here with gummy bears tonight. How do you pronounce it? Haribo? Gold bears? Very underrated candy. Maybe the most underrated. Nerds also don't get their run. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Julio Sanchez spinning the wheels. Sean Barber. (coughs) Coach Sean Barber. No disrespect, sir. That's right. Put some spec on that. My bad. And Arrowhead Pride's Pete Sweeney here. Sports Machine, Sean Levine, taking you up until 7 o'clock. Then we've got something special for you guys tonight. No Royals baseball? Northwest Arkansas. Royals minor league affiliate coming up on our airwaves coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. But right now on our airwaves from AP, Kent Swanson. That's right. Our lead draft and film analyst, Ken Swanson. The thing Kent usually does, he breaks down film. But today he did something a little different. He messaged me this morning and goes, Pete, I got a different idea. A little bit of a think piece from Kent. Kent, you said that Mahomes mania is all the Chiefs' fault. What what would make you say such a thing? Well, I think, you know, I think they did it to themselves, my man. You know, Pat Mahomes has done a lot in the last 15, 16 months to get people excited. And um, some of this, some of this mania would, would be just because of all the things and all the promise that we've seen. But the problem is they have waited 34 years between bold um, investments in the most important position in football. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a retread. It wasn't someone else's quarterback. They finally brought someone in that is Kansas City's own, starting from scratch, and no one knows what to do with it now. So they can't handle all the excitement, the energy, the buzz, because none of us are familiar with it. If you haven't checked out Ken's piece, it's Patrick Mahomes' mania is all the Chiefs' fault on ArrowheadPride.com right now. And, Kent, I would say, yeah, I mean, we're coworkers, but we're also pals. And I happen to know the story of you watching the NFL draft the year that Mahomes was taken. And I just want you to describe that moment for us because I know it meant quite a bit to you being such a lifetime Chiefs fan. It was uh, it probably was not a moment that I wanted to be on film, but uh, <laughs> my my buddy and co-host of the uh, the Arrowhead Pride draft show uh, filmed me curled up on the floor holding a pillow. Wow, this is very manly. Uh, <laughs> curled up holding the, holding the pillow, and uh, as soon as Mahomes' name was called, I was just like a, like a, a, a high shriek of excitement. Uh, definitely not on the internet. It's not on Twitter, so don't even look, guys. But um, yeah, I, I, it, it was a culmination of, of a lot of emotion. This seems like the first time in my lifetime that the Chiefs were actually going to invest in a quarterback, and uh, and, and it happened. And it was one of the most uh, most fun moments of my draft watching history. No sweat, man. We all have our Michael Jackson shrieking moments. <laughs> Do you remember? We got uh, we got our lead. Film analyst Ken Swanson here on Arrowhead Pride 
Radio. Look, I agree with you that Pat, Pat Mania is kind of like our version of Fernando Mania and Hulkamania all wrapped up into one. I was actually at, um, they have this party for season ticket holders all, every year at Arrowhead Stadium. And we were supposed to what draft like real, real low that year, somewhere in the 20s. And the Chiefs traded up. And the place just went nuts. Everybody was chill, and they figured they had a couple of hours to relax. Instead, the Chiefs trade up. There's an absolute buzz at the practice facility. And then if you remember, at the time, the Chiefs fans wanted Deshaun Watson. Well, there is the Pat Mania, no question about that. However, Deshaun Watson had the best start to a season that any football player, not just quarterback, has ever had. So going back on it, if you could get in your hot tub time machine, there have been seven quarterbacks drafted in the first round in the last couple of years, Kent. Given the choice, would you take anybody over Patrick Mahomes? Uh, last year, no. I think based on what we know at this point, I think they made the right decision. I would take him over Mitch Trubisky. I would take him over Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think, you know, the, the thing about Pat and the reason that the Chiefs were able to get a talent like Pat is because he was so unrefined. And Pat has closed the gap so drastically compared to – um, the other players, and you know, it's 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 an impressive it's an impressive um, feat that he's accomplished the last 16 months, showing so much growth and progress, and uh, and and no one in the building in Kansas City, in at one arrowhead one arrowhead drive is slowing it down. Uh, they're being very public with their belief in the kid. Um, I I'm all in on Pat. I think he was the right choice, and I'm looking forward to seeing his growth and development this year. Make sure you read that piece at arrowheadpride.com. Again, Kent, just hanging the Chiefs out to dry about Patrick Mahomes. Kent, earlier in the week, though, you also had a lottery tickets piece as well on arrowheadpride.com. And what's a lottery ticket? It's guys that may become Chiefs that land on the 53-man roster, might be become contributors this year, and they've come usually via free agency. Three that you highlighted this week are running back Darrell Williams, Offensive lineman Ryan Hunter and cornerback Arian Springs. If you had to pick one of the three, training camp begins next week. Who are your eyes on? The the one that I'm most interested in watching is cornerback Arian Springs from Oregon. Um, and all three of the players that I profiled, you can check them out on Arrowhead Pride. Um, I, I'm intrigued by, uh, but the situation and the reward for Arian Springs being a uh, an NFL contributor is greater than the other two. If you think about Springs, you know, the cornerback position is, is a pretty premium position if you compare it to the running back spot or the left guard spot. Um, any kind of significant production that you can get out of an undrafted free agent at the cornerback position is, is a big win for your organization. Uh, if you can trust him in 2019 and moving forward, that's a big win for your roster, for your finances. Um, it, it would be a huge, huge reward if Springs actually is able to produce. Kent, great stuff as always, my friend. We'll catch up with you next week and looking forward to everything you put on the website. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, fellas. So are we under the impression, based on what he said and based on what you said, Pete, and I know that you don't have too much inside information because we're in, we training camp hasn't happened just yet, but are we thinking that Spencer Ware is not going to play this season? Because if that happens and we're talking about a Williams or a West, whether it's Daryl Williams or Ted Williams or Ricky Williams or whatever Williams it ends up being, then, and I don't want to go too far into this, we're one injury away from Spencer Ware, who plays the 
most vulnerable position to get injured. Those guys get hit a lot to having a very average, inexperienced feature tailback. Spencer Ware is someone to watch this training camp because I could see him falling into any number of the running back positions from number two to four, and I could see him as low as not being on the team. And so it's just going to really depend on how training camp goes, how he looks. Is he the same player since before this weird knee injury? You don't know until you get out there, and, and we won't know starting until Thursday. And then we'll, we'll, we'll gather information and we'll see. The only problem that Spencer Ware runs into is if he's not the same player, he's got like a thousand names behind him right now. So it's, it's not a great time uh, to be a chief in the sense that, you know, there's guys knocking at the door. If you're not the same player, you're going to be out of here. But, Barber, let's say that he does come back and looks like the Spencer Ware that he did either three seasons ago when he split carries with Sharkantrick West and both those guys were awesome, averaging over five yards a carry or even a couple of years ago. The Chiefs need that, right? I mean, because most teams, most really good teams, split carries. Look at the Saints. They had not one but 2,000-yard running backs. Most good teams don't just have one feature back. It's scary to think what would happen if Kareem Hunt went down and if they didn't have Spencer Ware. Yeah, I think, but I think what what you don't know about Kareem is that um, he's one of those backs that he gets better as he gets going. I think that's one thing when they, when when Andy and Brett um, Beach drafted him, they said, "Hey, if you look at his film in, in the second half, this guy in the third and fourth quarter, he starts pounding, he starts rolling, he starts getting to his groove when when he's up to about his thirtieth carry, and that's something that you know, it kind of scares people because you don't see that often. Um, as everybody else's legs get a little bit tired, he starts to get gets really rolling. So. Um, all these players, you know, every every player we go down the line, it's going to be that risk-reward matrix. It's going to be contract versus um, health-wise versus, you know, productivity. And then it comes down to the to, to the to the roster and how many how many running backs you're going to keep, how many wide receivers. And so, you know, you got to get you got to have some gut and some instinct, you know, even with that glory was a no guts no glory. And then when 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 the kingdom when they ask for it, you got to you got to provide a return on your investment. And I think that's what we have with, with Pat Mahomes. I think we, we we put a lot of chips to the table in front of him. We moved up in the draft. Oh, they're all in. <laughs> Everybody's all in on him. And now everybody's waiting to see what's going to be the return on that investment. So I think uh, last time I checked the Mega Million, it was like about $422 million a day. You got a so. ticket? Uh, I'm going to get one after after we get off the air tonight. Waste the money, right, Sween? Me too. Now, now I have to. Are you really? I, I mean, if he's doing it, if I don't do it now, and, and then let me wins. throw this out there publicly because I know we everybody's heard these stories about hey, they're dudes. They were like, yeah, if you win, we're going to split it. I'm saying this on the Kansas City airwaves here on 610 Sports Radio. If you win, Barber, can I at least get a cool meal? Oh yeah, drop my a dude. meal. Drop my a dude. Same same here. Yeah, but you can't retire. You can't be one of. You know what? I'm gonna have to put in like a trust fund because like, you can't just like retire and be nobody oh uh, uh, guys uh speaking of a little bit of money it's a thousand on the 30s text the code word basic b-a-s-i-c to 72881 that's basic to 72881 you could be the thousand dollar cash winner in the national cash contest 610 sports radio is the only sports radio station in kc giving you a chance to win up to twelve thousand dollars each weekday just listen on the 30s from seven to seven your next chance is at 6 30 fesco in the morning complete rules at 610sports.com yeah i mean there you go basic is the word b-a-s-i-c Karen too would have trouble spelling that, by the way. Real quick, look, who knows if you're going to win the lottery? I think pretty much everybody that spends the money on it is really a loser. But who are the winners and losers that you guys have of this dead period? We're going to actually have W's and L's coming up in a couple of weeks on our little schedule, and I'm really looking forward to that. But that doesn't mean that somebody didn't win and lose this period. Yeah, no, I, th- I think in the dead period, I think especially 
in 2018. There's ways to make your name known, whether it be via social media. Last night at the ESPYs, you see Travis Kelsey with his fiance and Kareem Hunt is there. They're rocking clothing. There was a little back and forth with Kareem Hunt and Patrick Mahomes on Twitter today about his wild clothes at the ESPYs. My winner of the dead period is someone we just talked about, and it's Spencer Ware, who's been pumping out these videos. He wants the Chiefs' kingdom, if you will, to know that he is ready. He's ready to go. I think he's been putting him out. I just have a theory. It's just my theory. I think he wants fans to know that he's ready. So if the Chiefs say he's not ready, he has kind of a dog in the fight of a conversation saying, I'm showing you guys. I'm running through the sand. Here I am. I want to be on the field. And so he doesn't really get Tamba Khalid, quote-unquote, this training camp. My winner of the dead period is Travis Kelsey because of what he wore to the ESPYs. That dude looked fresh. Not quite Conor McGregor fresh, but he looked fresh. And you mentioned the videos that Spencer Ware's been putting out. I'm good with the Travis Kelsey videos. I'm good with the reality shows. And I haven't seen one this offseason. So I'm going to say he's been the winner of the dead period. I think Travis Kelsey learned from Gronk when it comes to endorsements. This guy, he's been taking the deals. He's been doing a lot of interviews. You saw him with Old Spice. You know, he's getting out there. I, I think he I think he likes, um, you know, the money that comes with his name. And he should be making money off of it. All right. Mine is not the doctor as far as Dr. Dre, but it's LDT. <laughs> The diggy diggy doctor with his PhD. Any man who goes to class and finishes off school gets his PhD. You got to give, as a former, uh, you know, NFL player, as another pro, I got to give much due respect to to that man's tenacity and his persistence and his education and following his goal, following his dreams, being all he can be. And uh, though he won't have that PhD on you know, that that MD on the back of his uh, back of his jersey, it's in his heart. He knows what he's done and how hard he's worked in the offseason. There wasn't a wrong answer to the question, but I think Barber got it right. If somebody gets a PhD, right, during the offseason, yeah. then I think that they won. Speaking of PhDs, I'm never going to get one because I'm not that smart. How smart is Matt Lane? He's going to tell us about the defensive rookies because there's a bunch of there's going to be a bunch of new faces in new places on that side of the ball. We'll catch up with them next on Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio. We are indeed the home of the Kansas City Royals. And we've got baseball on our airwaves tonight. And I can guarantee you the Royals aren't going to lose tonight. That's thank because uh, thank God it's Northwest Arkansas, their minor league affiliate, coming up after we sign off tonight at 7 o'clock. That relieved voice that you just heard, that's Pete Sweeney across from me. Coach Sean Barber spinning the wheels for this thing across the glass. Julio Sanchez, I am merely the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's get back into the Chiefs football where they're finally about to hit the practice field. And I feel great about the offensive side of the ball, Pete. I really don't have too many question marks. On the defensive side, I don't know much. And I think that there's going to be some names that none of us have heard of that are going to have an impact on this team. That's right. Uh, It's going to be a lot of rookies. I mean, they had an all-defensive draft. Usually during this segment every week, we'll bring in the defensive film analyst for Arrowhead Pride. His name's Craig Stout. Where's he at? Right now, he's in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, he's getting eaten by a bear for sure. He me- he messaged me, <laughs> Pete, as you know, he's a big beer guy. Mm-hmm. At, I'm going to be visiting from some breweries. I'm going to be at a commission until Saturday. Oh, don't, he's going to be don't drunk and ate by a bear. That's the worst, Barber. He's going to, what, what was that, that beer? The fish head, Dunkel, whatever that weird thing. Yeah. He's going to have 10 of those. He's going to be out in the woods and a bear is going to eat him. He's going to bring one of every beer of the week so far. Matt Lane, just so you know, you could be our permanent guy if he gets eaten by a bear. I'm just throwing it out there. Matt Lane's filling in this week. He's another AP film analyst. 
Matt, this week I asked what you were most looking forward to for Chiefs training camp. You want to know how Bob Sutton is going to use these rookies. Why does that interest you so much? Well, I mean, as you guys were kind of alluding to, it's an all-defensive draft. Everybody knows the Chiefs defense was struggling a little bit last year. We come out, we draft a bunch of different defensive players, and multiple of them seem like they could be used in a few different ways when you're going down through Speaks, Dorian O'Daniel, Armani Watts. None of them are penciling as just a single positional player. They can kind of have a little bit of positional flex. So I'm just interested to see what we're going to get out of them come training camp. Matt, which starter do you think has the shortest leech? That's what it is to ask. Who's going to get replaced first? I've got an answer. I think it's obvious. D. Ford has to perform. Do you agree that he's the first guy with the, one of these one of these rookies might end up taking a spot on the field? Yeah, I think between D. Ford and Capacino, one of them's going to have to learn how to step up and play a little bit better on running downs, or Speaks is going to be in there at least for the early downs, if not all the time. And especially if Ford's back still acting up, then there's no way a injured Ford's going to stay on the field and keep a second round pick that was traded up for on the sideline. If you go to ArrowheadPride.com, the article is four defensive rookies to watch. You highlighted, we already talked about them a little bit, Breland Speaks, Derek Nottie, Dorian O'Daniel, and Armani Watts. Of those names, and let's take Speaks out of it for a second because we just talked about him a little bit, but of Nottie, O'Daniel, and Watts, who are you interested in seeing the most when you come this August for training camp? I guess we're going to start with... Uh... Dorian O'Daniel's the pretty easy choice for me. He was the highest rated guy I actually had the Chiefs drafted at just over 100 on my big board. So not only did I kind of have him ranked as the highest player, but with the way our defense has run over the last couple of years, using a third safety kind of as an overhang apex kind of player on the defense, that fits his skill set perfectly. And that's pretty much exactly what he did at Clemson. So I'm interested to see if he's going to get to slide into that same general role, taking over that kind of box third safety that we've seen Abdullah or Sorensen run throughout the couple of years with Sutton. What's your level of concern, Matt, with this defense? On offense, like I said, I don't have a lot of questions. By season's end, statistically, I won't be shocked if they score more points than anybody else in the league. On the flip side, man, I'm scared as hell with this defense. I think that they probably will be bottom third, even toward the bottom of that. Do you think they're going to be as bad as I do? Not quite that bad, but I'm leaning on the side of the bottom half of the league right now. Not all the way at the bottom. I like some of the, like I said, the versatile pieces. As long as Sutton's getting his guys and he can start moving things around a little bit like he did previous to last year, I think it'll be better as a whole, even though there might not be quite as much splash without Marcus Peters and some of the other guys. Well, we used to have a Chiefs fan in Minnesota. We traded up, have one in Carolina. You can catch Matt Lane's film reviews at OurHeadPride.com. Thanks, Matt. Thank you guys very much. You don't really think he's going to get eaten by a bear, do you? Craig? Yeah. I hope not. Who's going to do our beer of the week? That's what I'm saying. When's it, Barb, are you a camp out guy? Because you're going to the dorms coming up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been camping. I, I don't do outdoors. I'm not, I don't like bugs and using off and raid and anything else. So no beer of the week, but you tell me that the Chiefs themselves are releasing a beer? Yeah, I guess what you really could call us, why don't, we, why don't we keep the beer of the week? Well, it's the special beer of the week. Okay. We haven't tried it yet, but the Chiefs are releasing their own beer called Arrowhead Kingdom L, set to debut this preseason on August 9th. Here's what we know so far. Not a ton. The answer's not a ton, because all they have released is a commercial. It looks like Budweiser, uh, but it's made by Golden Road Brewery, which is a California brewery, which I thought was a little bit odd. Palamine, BJ Kissel, kind of helped me, introduce me into media. He still works at Chiefs.com. He has said that these brewers are originally from Kansas City, 
but the brewery is in California, and Kansas City is known for its breweries, so I just thought that was a little pe- peculiar. I, I, I suggested on Twitter, I said, okay, this is supposedly your in-house beer. It's Kingdom Ale. This is like at your house. It's like your in-house tap. Sell it for $2 cheaper, and it's all anyone would drink. Something tells me that they're going to sell plenty of this stuff. Wait, so you can get this stuff out at the stadium starting, when did you say? August 9th. Yeah, I think that they're going to have to. I wouldn't be surprised, Barbara, if they run out of this stuff. Kansas City loves three things. They love their football, like this time of year. right? You start to think of football, you always think of barbecue, and you think of beer when you think of football and barbecue. Something tells me they're not going to have a problem selling this stuff. When I think of Kansas City and their fan base doing anything, this has to be homegrown, supporting your own. I kind of go back to that all-star voting when it came to the Royals. When we had the entire lineup, all blue, all Royals, we all, we we voted enough times to almost have the entire starting lineup in the All Star game locked. When you have fan base like that that show show their support, you have no problems uh, selling brew. Omar Infante almost got in. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's true. Arrowhead Pride put out a poll the other day: Will you drink Chiefs Kingdom Blonde Ale? We had 1,300 votes. 13% non-drinkers, so take them out of it. The rest of them, 52% yes, 12% no, 23% depends on the price point. But that's more than half these people that follow Arrowhead Pride. They're going to be sipping on some Kingdom Ale come August 9th. 23% is a bunch of liars. What, yeah. what does it cost to park out of Arrowhead these days? What is it, like 30 bucks, 40 bucks just to see a football game? I think it's one arm and one leg. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm pretty sure that those that 23%, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just saying you're lying. You're going to pay whatever <laughs> it is to get yourself some Chiefs beer. Or what do they call it officially? It is Chiefs Kingdom Blonde L. I could use one right now. That's Pete. That's Sean. I'm Sean. Coming up next, what do the people want to know? Pete's going to read your tweets, and then we'll put a bow on this bad boy. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio right here on 610 Sports Radio. Final segment of Arrowhead Pride Radio here on 610 Sports Radio. Julio Sanchez spinning the wheels across the glass. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Sean Barber. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We were talking during the break about the great, illustrious career of one Darrell Rivas, who played five games with the Kansas City Chiefs last year and throughout his entire career. Chiefs legend. He's he's definitely going to end up in the Chiefs ring of honor. No question. Those five games were unforgettable. But during his career, at least himself, talked a lot about his chances of getting in the Hall of Fame. So we were discussing this during the break. Rod Woodson from the modern era has the most interceptions with 71. To put some context to it, Charles Woodson has 65. Uh, Let's see, you go down the list. Uh, Ronnie Lott has 63. Dude had 29 in his entire career. Darrell Rivas. Marcus Peters already has 19. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. By the way, how many did our own Sean Barber have? Let me hear crunch the numbers here. Uh, seven. Seven? Seven yeah. interceptions, yeah. dog. I'm on the list. That's impressive. Did he ever score? Did he ever get across the goal line? Twice. Two times. Pay dirt. Two time, two time champ. My man. Yeah, I'm man. impressed. Too legit. Too legit. Well, that's what I wanted to know. What do the rest of the people want to know? It is tweet time. Derek Vreeland will start us off today. Do you think Mahomes has the emotional maturity to avoid falling into a funk? After that inevitable first bad game, why or why not? 
I don't know if he's going to be as mentally tough as Kareem Hunt was, where he fumbled the first time he touched the ball, and then he went on to have the best game of any Chiefs running back in the history of the franchise, and you could say the same thing about his season. But, Barbara, I do think we're talking about a very mentally tough 22-year-old kid. Oh, definitely. And Mahomes is going to have the longest leash ever yeah, for is. young players. There's no looking over his shoulder. He's not worried about getting pulled. He's not looking for somebody to come in and relieve him if he makes a mistake. Uh, this is the Pat Mahomes show for the next few seasons, um, and I say few by means decade. You got to think if the Chiefs are training up that much, they looked into the psyche of this kid. Got to believe in it. Got to believe in it. You know the neighbor with the poodle that keeps him on that long extended leash? It's like not 20 feet, but 30 or 40. That's what Pat Mahomes has. It's a long leash. Yeah, at least a season and a half, I'd say. Next question, Odin's child. Any more insight on D Ford? Is our pass rush back or is it still meh? When I watch D Ford, and I'm no pro or scout, but I see that he has one move. It's a dip move, and for about six weeks in his career, it was unstoppable. And every other week of his career, Barber, it's been very stoppable. So I think he needs to develop much more of a skill set. If not, this might just be not be the last season that he plays in a Chiefs uniform, but in the NFL period. Well, I, I like how I, uh, the, uh, the tweet kind of threw it to the emoji movie. I know about meh. I know about the emoji movie because I have so many kids and everything, but... Um, I think I think D four breaks out, man. I think this is going to be where he kind of um, lays it on the line, shows us his potential. Um, we get a good return on investment from from our, um, our investment in D four. How many kids are we talking? Seven interceptions, over and under kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have more interceptions than I have kids. Okay, just about one. Just curious. This is my fifth year covering the Chiefs. The first time you hear D Ford, what he's going to say is he's in the best shape of his life and he's about to have his best career year. Blah blah blah. blah. I've seen this movie before. It's time change the ending it's a very average movie at best next question our guy pour one out for Mahomes is back what's your guess for most surprising cut during the preseason only because you're starting to convince me of it Pete I guess I'll go with Spencer Ware if he's not 100% healthy other teams are probably going to want him so he's not going to be on the scrap heap for a long time but the Chiefs have other options at that position so I don't think that they're hell-bent on keeping him I hope they do. I think that they need a, a an experienced running back like Spencer Ware. But I, if somebody's going to get a surprise cut, I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. Man, that's a hard question. Uh, I'm going to have to go with one of one of the wide receivers who I think. You know what? I'm going to have to go with Conley. I'm going to go with Conley. Wow. I'm going to go with Conley. That's a big name. Well, they're yeah. stacked at that position go too. Go big or go home, Barber. I don't I, think he'll get cut, but if he does, same thing. I mean, all these guys are going to pick up in a second. I'll go two of the three Williams and not the one named Daryl, the undrafted free agent. You know how much I like that kid. I think Daryl Williams makes the team. The other two maybe could be gone. Keith McLean, do you think Patrick Mahomes will have two Canadians guarding him? Pun intended this season. He's talking about LDT on his right and Ryan Hunter as the left guard beating out Parker Anger. What do you think? Hey, thanks for clearing that up for me, Pete. I appreciate it. Uh, I will go with, yes, he's going to have two Canadians protecting him this season. Yeah, he's going to be protected by the Canadian Mounties. So that's what they're going to go by. I think that's the right call. I think Parker Anger gets the first crack at this thing. By the second week, you'll see Hunter in there. I'm sorry. Did you say Parker A? (laughs) (laughs) The writing writing is on the wall. Randall Webb wants to know, will the return of Eric Berry make up for the loss of Marcus Peters on the Chiefs D? No, you're not going to make up for the loss of Marcus Peters because we've seen both Marcus Peters and Eric Berry play defense healthy for a couple of years. And it was never an elite defense. Sometimes it was a good defense. So it's going to be huge. If nothing else, man, on the field, he's great. But he's also the guy that 
calls all the plays and keeps the team together on that side of the ball. So I think it's going to be a huge addition. But no, it doesn't make up the loss of who I consider to be the best cornerback in all of football. Barber, you'll be coaching these guys. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make up by himself with Eric Berry being there. But I think the addition of Fuller and Berry will definitely make up for the loss of um, one. Marcus Peters. Marcus my man Peters. And I think that Kendall Fuller is going to get a lot of shots because he's going to be thrown at a ton, Pete. If you think about it, not only is Eric Berry coming off an injury, but you don't have Marcus Peters. That means who's guarding the other team's wide receiver the entire season? It's going to be Kendall Fuller. He's going to get a lot of chances at interception. So far, he has four in his career. Last question very quickly. Mason Herman wants to know if Big Red were to win the Super Bowl this year, does he retire with the ring? Yes, that would be it for Andy Reid, and he goes right into the Hall of Fame. I'm going no, because every coach wants to go back-to-back. I would love this to be a conversation we actually have. Don't forget, coming up next, Northwest Arkansas Baseball, the Royals Minor League affiliate for Pete Sweeney and Sean Barber. Thanks to all of our guests and you. We'll be back next week right here at 610 Sports Radio. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio.